Hey guys, welcome back to the Finding Your Freedom podcast. Boy, do we have a treat for you this Wednesday. Wow, this conversation is so juicy and so good and I cannot wait to share it with you. So let me just do a quick little update on my life and then we will get straight into it. I don't want to hold back at all. I want you guys to get into this episode. Um, as far as updates on me, you know, just still moving to Boston in two weeks and figuring that out. Um, I don't plan to take a break. I plan to have podcasts pre-recorded, so everything should be good to go with that. Um And if you guys leave a written review for the podcast and send me a screenshot on Instagram, I will send you guys back a little voice memo with um, just my my thoughts, my appreciation for doing that. Um, Yeah, and working on some exciting stuff that will be ready in June or July that I can't wait to share with you guys. But yeah, back into today's episode. Wow. Just, just wow. Um, I can't wait to share today's guest with you guys. We had such a fun conversation, which I think you guys will be able to hear um, through the podcast. (laughs) Um, It was fun. It was informative. And I think we we both just really got a lot out of it, and I had so much fun talking to Kelly. Um, I feel like she's just the greatest and, like, just a big sister type of figure to me. She was just amazing. When I, it ended, I was so sad to get off the call with her, but um, here is today's guest. Kelly Tennant is the, t- the host of two top-rated podcasts, The Kelly Show and OK Babe. With a deep desire to understand herself and her world, she dove deep into personal growth, utilizing plant medicine, somatic therapy, and energy healing modalities. In this, she discovered parts of herself she had never met, and it began her sexual and spiritual awakening, (laughs) began, um, with a renewed sense of who she is and what she came here to do. Kelly's mission is to help women break free of limiting beliefs, embrace their sexuality and desires, and find safety and truth in their bodies. She is a firm believer in radical honesty and relentless self-discovery. Kelly is also the co-founder and CEO of Soulfire Productions, a media company rooted in community that provides production and consulting for top podcasts in the wellness and personal development world. Um, Yeah, so that is today's guest, and I cannot wait to share this episode with you guys. So here it comes.
All right. So the first question that I ask everyone is what have you been finding your freedom from lately since it's called the Finding Your Freedom podcast? Yeah, God, that's such a great question. No one has ever asked me that before. So thank you for bringing that forward. Um, I've been finding my freedom in letting go of codependent tendencies. So the interesting thing about quarantine is it sent me into a codependent spiral. And I, as you can imagine, living with Connor made him everything because I have no one else to really hang out with and go to right now. And it really started triggering these old patterns I had of needing him to be my everything. And I, I caught myself like two weekends ago and I just started crying out of nowhere. And I was like, what is wrong with me? And what I realized is that I couldn't function without him. I wouldn't work out without him. I wouldn't make breakfast without him. I wouldn't go walk the dogs without him. I had to ask him like, what are you doing? Where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. And everything was about him. I wasn't even looking at myself and what I wanted to do. And so what this has taught me is that ever since I kind of like cried and let that go and talked to him about it, I was like, oh, wow, sorry. I'm being like so psychotic right now. (laughs) And what I realized is that I need freedom and I need space, yet I choose to not create that for myself out of fear in people-pleasing tendencies and codependency and realizing and thinking that I can't have a healthy relationship with myself or someone else if I am taking care of myself. And so I have found freedom the last two weeks in really releasing the pressure and the shame around taking care of myself and doing things on my time when I want to do it and not worrying about him. And it has been the best two weeks. I have not been needy. I've been doing my own thing. I haven't asked him like, what do you want for breakfast? I just don't care. I'm like, I'm going to go do my thing. And it has given me such a sense of ownership of myself and freedom to be who I want to be and live my life my way. And then merge with him from that whole connected place with myself. Yeah. I think that's so, so interesting. It makes so much sense for me personally with freedom, something I'm kind of working through is that I can still be free and be in a relationship. So I think that is a big fear of mine. Like if I'm in a relationship, then I'm going to go back to not having boundaries and not taking care of myself. And I think um, it's, it's scary and it's really hard. Yeah, it is. And I think, I mean, you're 23 years old and I remember being 23. I'm 32 now. And it's funny, so much of the stuff I was doing at your age, it still pops up. It's still very prevalent patterns. But what I have now and where it seems you are is having the self-awareness around it and just knowing like, oh, that thing's popping up. How funny. I remember when I used to just really believe this is how I had to operate and then releasing that expectation of, oh, this is how I am and this is how I have to be and understanding that you can recreate relationships and belief systems for yourself and it doesn't have to look the way it did, that you can evolve and grow out of stuff that used to be important or the standard that you set for yourself. Yeah, I think it's really interesting with quarantine. I think it's been a time for like everyone's shadows to come out. Just things that I haven't even thought about in like five years, like craziness. And it's been so interesting to see how everyone's kind of dealing with that and the way people have been acting. It's been very, very interesting. Yeah. um, In my sisterhood circle, we have a call once a week and it's all healers and teachers and like spiritual mentors. And we've been having this conversation around 
what's happening beneath the surface of all of this, which is the battle of light and dark and the shadow, not necessarily being bad, right? We all have darkness in our shadows within us, but beneath that, there's this tug of war really of the light almost consuming this dark negative energy and releasing that so that we can step into our truth. And when I talk about the light and the truth, they're really one for me. When I'm standing in my own truth, I am in my light and that is what I am sharing. But that doesn't mean that there isn't the shadow side of everything within us. That doesn't mean there isn't the darkness there. And it's, it's about how you play with it, how you navigate it, how you have the awareness around it and utilize it to step into your truth. Because so much of our shadow and our darkness, we're so afraid to confront and to really look head on. But what I have realized is that the more I dive deep into my darkness, the more I dive into the shadow work, the more I see myself fully. It's like, I remember looking myself in the mirror when I was still working in television and I looked at myself and I was like, I don't recognize myself. Who the fuck are you and how did you get here? And now I look at myself and I see so clearly into my eyes and I'm like, it's a recognition of, oh, there you are. Now I see you. But I was only able to get there because of all of that work in what so many people deem as like the wrong part of me or the bad part that I don't want to acknowledge. Yeah, I think there's a lot of power in standing in your shadow and really putting your shadow out there. Like it doesn't have to be all light. Let me like be in my shadow right now and really play with that. And I think this has definitely been an opportunity to really go deep into that shadow. How have you been playing with your shadow during this time? I'm so curious now. There, there have been so many like shadow, <laughs> shadow aspects. The, the first thing that I'm thinking of right now is like very juicy. Um, so <laughs> podcast world. Um, so this weekend I've been having this like everything's too quiet. I like need to make it chaotic type of thing coming up for me. Um, and it's like I notice myself doing it and I, I, I feel like I trick myself into, okay, this is, this is fine. Like you're just trying to make it interesting. This is fine. But this weekend I actually, uh, podcast world, um, I actually had my first like threesome and I was like, why with a person in my I can't even say this, but with a person that I know really well. And I was like, why did I do this? Like, what is the shadow with this? Like, why do I, why is the calm not okay? Like, why do I have to make chaos when there isn't chaos? Why is a threesome chaos? That, that also is interesting um, to think about kind of like a reframe of maybe it isn't chaos. But it is chaos because the person is in a relationship not with the other person that was oh, I see. involved. And it seems maybe open, maybe messy. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, so I don't – how do I say this? I don't feel – I feel like it was kind of open, like maybe it's not bad, but it definitely was chaotic. <laughs> uh-huh. It's definitely a chaotic situation. So take out the part of that, like relationship dynamics that probably have nothing to do with you, right? Did it feel, did the experience itself feel chaotic? 
No, it was the aftermath of the experience that felt chaotic. Right. But did you make it chaotic or did their stuff make it chaotic? Probably their stuff. It actually ended prematurely because the other person got um, got jealous. So it ended. So that made it definitely chaotic. Um, Damn, girl, you walked (laughs) into some craziness. Yeah, and it's funny because the person got jealous and they're not even the person in the relationship. Somehow I knew this was going to come out today. I was like, there's no way I'm getting out of this interview. Girl, you follow me. You know what's up. Okay, now <laughs> I'm so curious. This is, this is our show now. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious what attracted you to having the threesome. They honestly, both of them had been like separately flirting with me for like two weeks and asking like just if I could come over and hang out with them um so I I felt like there was like something that was gonna go down um and I was like never I was never opposed to the idea of it um and so the only place we can go in quarantine are the parks so every time when I go to the park and drink like something just crazy happens (laughs) so just went to the park and drank and then they came over and then yeah then it just happened but what about that dynamic was enticing to you why were you like yes I want to try this thing I've never done before that is probably very outside your realm honestly I've, I've talked to my friends about this but since I moved to New Orleans I haven't um I haven't had sex with anyone so we've joked because Funny enough, um, every single person that I've hung out with has actually eaten me out, but I haven't had sex with them. So we've joked that it's been like seven months of foreplay. Um, So I feel like I was just like any any opportunity, I was just like going to jump on it. Um, And yeah, I guess that's that was kind of my mindset when that happened. (laughs) And when you were in it, what did it feel like? Did it feel good? Did it feel exciting? Were you like, yes, I want more of this? Um, it felt really exciting. It definitely felt, it felt exciting. It felt like, like naughty. It felt like taboo. Um, so it, it did feel really exciting. I mean, I didn't want it to end prematurely. <laughs> um, I was having a good time. So was it two men or a man and a woman or a man and a woman? Okay. And so where's your attraction level to women? It was super interesting because I'd actually, before that experience, never even kissed a girl. Um, So I wasn't sure, like, what that would be like. What were you doing in college? Come on. (laughs) Uh, I was pre-med, so not much. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I guess going into that, I wondered if, if I would be more into women. And actually, from that experience... I felt it was like kind of a light bulb moment of, okay, I, I am straight. Like I just didn't really feel into like the girl part of it. Like I immediately like wanted to go back to the guy. So I, I don't know if like that maybe made the whole jealousy thing kind of happen. Cause I, I felt like immediately like more into the thing with the guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not my experience, but I'm very excited for you. (laughs) I mean, it could be a range of things too. um, Just with like maybe not being that attracted to the girl. Um, 
So, you know, we'll see what happens next time. <laughs> I saw mm. a meme today and it was like, it's the year is 2063 and your grandchildren ask, what did you do during the pandemic? And I was like, well, I had a threesome. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I was not going to say this during, I was going to wait until after quarantine was over, but we've had two threesomes with the same person since this started. And you know, cause you listen to my show, like I am bisexual and like realizing more and more every time I do this, that I am extremely attracted to women and like really love that feminine energy. And like, I mean, full disclosure, since we're going for it. I mean, she was sitting on my face and I was so happy. I was like, oh, this is just pure joy right now, which I swear to God, if you told me I was going to do this one, like just do it. I would have been like, no way Two during a fucking quarantine. I would have been like, absolutely not. Have you lost your mind? And here I am just like wild and free bisexual Kelly. And I'm the one planning it. Like I surprised Connor and had her here while he was going fishing and she came over and we were like drinking wine. And then he comes home and he's like, Oh, this is happening. And I was like, welcome home, babe. I'm like, who am I? But I'm so into it. And it's, it's like feeding this part of myself that I never knew needed to be fed. And it feels, and that's part of the freedom that I've been feeling the last couple of weeks I was talking about earlier because of those experiences with her, I feel like I'm acknowledging a part of myself that I never let come to the surface. And I'm embracing her in such a state of flow and freedom and acceptance. And I'm not trying to control the experience. I'm not trying to have a certain outcome. I'm truly present in the moment. And it has shown me so much about myself and it has dramatically improved our relationship. Like we were even talking about it last night on the couch and we were laughing. It's not that it improves your sexual life with your partner. It's not just that. It's like the little things of changing things up and being excited to have sex with just your partner or um, just like him touching me throughout the day and being more sexually attracted to me in different ways because he sees me with someone else, a woman, and it's so exciting for him. And so he gets to see a different side of me. It's like, ooh. I really like this. And yeah, it's just, it's been so eye-opening and I've had so many revelations around it. Um, and I think I was where you were too. I didn't realize I was that attracted to women. I was like, oh, I don't know. And I think of course it has to do with, are you genuinely attracted to this person at all? Um, but for me, the more I let myself feel, the more I kind of dive into it, the more I'm like, oh my God, I need this. <laughs> Oh my God. So there's my deep, dark quarantine secret that I just gave to you. <laughs> We're only quarantine secrets here. <laughs> oh my God. I, I definitely instigated it too. Like they flirted with me for, I guess, like a couple weeks. But I, during quarantine, I've like learned how to twerk, which is just funny. Oh my and God. I like was wearing um, a jumpsuit or not a jumpsuit, a bodysuit. And I was like, guys, I like have this new thing that I have to show you, but I can't wear my pants and do it because it doesn't work. So like, I'm just going to twerk. And I did it. I literally did it for like multiple songs. And I was like, what am I doing? I've turned oh. into like threesome quarantine stripper. <laughs> I support that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, it's been 
lots of lots of interesting interesting quarantine times this is we're not bored is really what we're getting to you and i are not bored yeah (laughs) i have not been bored during quarantine (laughs) i should probably preface all this with we know that she's been in quarantine and not hanging out with other people we've been very careful and she's a friend of ours so i will just throw all that out there i'm being very safe and protective yeah same um i've only seen I've only been within like six feet of like four people. So <laughs> um, two of them really was closer than six feet. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. <laughs> oh, oh I love this. It's so funny. The next question I have to ask is like such, um, such a pivot away from this. But hopefully we'll find our way back to this Do topic. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the first thing I kind of just wanted to ask you was um, just healing from chronic illness and how kind of like emotional. <laughs> it's literally so opposite. The answer is have a threesome. You will be healed. <laughs> how did you heal from your chronic illness through the threesomes? I decided to be bisexual and have threesomes with my boyfriend and all of my illness went away. <laughs> Sorry, finish your question. Um, basically healing from chronic illness through like emotional and spiritual healing yeah i need that sexual (laughs) um okay so let me stop laughing (sighs) such a good question just like a brief overview of my story for people um i was sick for 14 years misdiagnosed uh had been a volleyball player at usc and top of my game next day couldn't walk and so it was just this long journey of figuring out what was actually wrong so I had been told I had fibromyalgia by western medicine and they couldn't really find anything specifically wrong on any test so it was like oh here's this umbrella diagnosis and here are nine different pills and go on your way and you'll never be able to play volleyball again and we have no answers for you and that was really it and so super sick on the medication, was hallucinating, suicidal, so depressed, just lost my mind, completely numbing out, mixing alcohol with the drugs because I was 19 at the time. So, I mean, of course, like I had no idea what was going on. I was spiraling. And then when I turned 21 and I graduated, I knew there had to be something more because to go from being extremely healthy and a top college athlete to not being able to walk and being super sick the next day didn't make sense to me. I'm like, there's something more here. So over those 14 years, I really tried to take a holistic approach myself. After I got off all of those medications, I started using food and energy healing and um, just more holistic practices in order to heal. And I made huge headway all on my own, just tons of research using food, like trying vegan, vegetarian, paleo, and, and just kind of weeding out things that didn't work and figuring out what did. And then I found a functional medicine doctor and an Ayurvedic doctor. And they both were super clear on what was wrong with me. It was within minutes. They said, you know, you have SIBO, you have chronic fatigue, your Epstein-Barr numbers are through the roof, and you have some genetic mutations. And then in the Ayurvedic world, I had a lot of heat because I'm Pitta. And so the heat was causing chronic inflammation. And basically, my body was on fire at all times. And when your body is on fire, inflammation is going to be through the roof and you're not going to be able to detox. My liver was super bogged down with toxins and they both brought forward emotional trauma for me. They both asked, what's going on in your life? And that's when I had talked to them about my sexual assault and 
really tough work environment with men and uh, just the stress and perfectionism and always feeling like I was trying to live up to some standard and be this person for other people, all the shoulds of life. And when I, when I worked with them, we got, you know, everything cleared with food and supplements and Panchakarma and Ayurveda and just really detoxing my body. But then they both sent me to shamans and plant medicine. And so that's when I opened up the spiritual box of understanding past life stuff, things that happened in my childhood, things that happened in adulthood that had been stored in my body, in my fascia, in my organs, in my subconscious that I had not dealt with. And so as I started dabbling in ayahuasca and psilocybin and working with different healers and practitioners, all of this stuff started becoming very clear as it came up. And I am a very like aggressive black or white person. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going so big. So I just went for it. And I head on into all of these different traumatic experiences, belief systems, patterns, past life stuff that had come up. I just started working through it. And I was just in a constant state of growth and shedding and surrendering and being open to whatever I was meant to see. So whenever I would go into a plant medicine ceremony, I, my only intention was, I surrender, please show me what I'm meant to see. And that really brought all the puzzle pieces together of things that had been, been missing for me for so long. And it helped me understand the mind-body connection and that we're really just souls having a human experience. And these are just these bodies, these meat suits that we're in. They're just these vessels for us to come on this planet and do this work and to heal and to help. And so as I have done more and more with that over the last year, I've just gotten really clear on my body revolting against itself because I wasn't honoring it. And I wasn't truly in alignment or in my soul's purpose. I was constantly in a state of should. And my body was trying to tell me to come home, come home, come home. And I couldn't understand the signals. I wasn't ready yet. And I think that I went through that really tough 14 years so that I could do what I'm doing now. And so I could teach and so that I could support young women like yourself who are navigating this time. I didn't have that at your age and I didn't even know it existed. And so being able to support with alternative medicine, plant medicine, spirituality, sexual awakening, all these different things that totally transformed me over the last couple of years. I understand that that's actually the root of all disease and illness. So if we can get that and that foundation understood and, and created, then everything that kind of veers off of that makes a lot more sense. And we have the tools and resources to work through it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm just like, uh, it's the fact that you went through all of that for 14 years is just, yeah, I just can't, can't even imagine. I had some sort of kind of like health, health issue as well. But for me, it was only like two years or so that I was struggling with it. So I just can't imagine 14 years and all of that time kind of trying to wade through all of this health issues and everything. Yeah. I mean, and I was lucky. I still have friends 
you know, I'm sure you know Jordan Younger, the Balanced Blonde, um, one of my dearest friends. And she really was an, another catalyst for me to getting, she found me both my functional and Ayurvedic doctors. And I went and did um, ayahuasca for the first time where she went. So we really have had this like parallel journey together, but she's been sicker much longer than me. And she's still very sick now diagnosed with chronic Lyme. And so and her belief system is the same as mine. And we both went through this in ayahuasca is we both very much feel that the, everything happens for a reason. And we got sick and to such deep extents so that we could teach. I mean, her audience is ginormous. Her, her community is huge. And there's so many young women with chronic illness. If you don't have people who have been through it and have gone on an alternative path to guide you, not fix you or heal you because we're not gurus. We're all our own healers, but to guide you and to like flip on a switch and say, Hey, it doesn't have to be like that over there that you've always believed. It can actually look different. It can actually be over here and that's okay. If you don't have that, then you're stuck in this perpetual cycle of Western medicine and Western medicine fails almost always aside from, you know, an ER visit or life-saving situation. It just doesn't work. And so that's where I feel that people like us have gone on these journeys in order to help. And it doesn't feel good, but it's what we chose in this life. And there is so much suffering in a variety of ways. Look at what's happening on a global scale right now. I hate that they're suffering. It feels awful. I want to help and save everyone. I also realize that suffering is, is so necessary in order to make shifts that we need energetically, spiritually to awaken. And I'm the type of person, again, very black or white, very aggressive. If I don't get punched in the face and knocked on the ground and can't get up, I'm not going to hear the lesson. I'm like, Oh, what? Well, I'm fine. <laughs> like it has to be so intense that I have no other option, but to see and it took my body shutting down. It took Jordan's body shutting down so many people to a point where it was so bad that finally you were able to look in the mirror and say, something has to change and then go on a new path. Yeah, I think that's so important. And as far as like Western medicine failing a little bit, I guess about my background is, you know, I was pre-med and undergrad and put all of this time and devotion into wanting to be a doctor. And I kind of saw the failings of it. Um, my last year in college, I took a medical anthropology class, which really opened my eyes to all the issues and um, the biases in Western medicine as well. And I finished college like, what now? <laughs> what I've devoted four years to, what I thought was my passion. I don't want to do this anymore because it doesn't work. And it actually, in some cases, makes people worse. Um, so I've really been on this journey myself of coming home to medicine and realizing that the system that we have now isn't working and wanting to work towards building a system that takes into account nutrition, spiritual health, sexual health, all of these things that are so, so important to our health. Because you're right, the current system doesn't work and it doesn't give answers for so many people and there are so many women that are chronically ill that I just like you said you see them and you're just your heart hurts for them you want to help and save as many as you can and 
yeah, that's how I feel too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's the holistic approach and not holistic in the like woo woo, the holistic, the whole person, the whole experience. And that's why I know a lot of people don't believe in past lives and that's totally okay. I'm open to whatever you think. I really believe in them. And when I was able to go back in a past life regression under hypnosis and drop into these different lives I had and experiences I had, that helped me understand what I brought into this experience, where my soul had been, the lessons I had learned, the experiences I had, and the things that I brought here to now move through and work through in this life experience. And that is the holistic view for me. Because if I don't have that information, if I don't know about all these different things that have happened and that are currently happening and why I am the way I am, I'm kind of in the dark as to what matters to me, what I care about, why I act the way I do. And so if you're able to take a more holistic view, whether it's in meditation or past life regression or hypnosis or energy work, you peel back these layers of the human body we have and you get to your core. And your core is where your truth is. Your core is where everything comes from. And for women, that is our feminine essence in our womb space. And that's what it feels like for me. It's like every time I do one of these, I don't know, healings or working with a practitioner, I'm peeling back these layers of the onion of my body. And then all of a sudden I'm just bare on the table. And then it's like, oh, there she is. Now let's go deeper into that because we're holding on to these things. We're holding on to these experiences and it dictates every part of us. And when we face it and we see it and we let it go with grace, and know that it's just a part of our experience, then we can move forward with acknowledging that and owning that, taking personal responsibility for that and having a better view of why am I sick? Why am I a people pleaser? Why am I living in shoulds? Why am I doing all these things that I don't even want to do? Well, it's belief systems from hundreds of years ago in a past life that you brought here and now you're living it out again. Yeah. What, what were you in a past life? I haven't gotten this done, but I definitely really want to. And for me, I've kind of experienced these moments of feeling like I've gotten insight into my past life, my past lives in New Orleans, which is French, and then also in France, which has been really interesting. I feel like so bonded to New Orleans. Like it's, it's hard to describe. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I I can't recommend it enough. So I had um, this man named Yarun DeWitt on my show. He's a past life regressionist. Um, so if anyone wants to learn more about that, I highly recommend that show. So Yarun does like a five hour experience and he hypnotizes you and then you he puts you on a cloud and then you drop into different scenarios of your life. Um, some of them are past lives. Some are in current life. And I actually went into the future, which is pretty rare, but some people do. And usually that's when spirit or the universe wants you to see this because you're, you're uh, trying to control so much and you're so worried that they want to bring in a sense of peace and calm. And so in my past, I had multiple scenarios in the same time. So I was a medicine woman of a village in the 1700s. And I looked almost exactly the way I do now, really long, kind of curly, wavy brown hair. And I was wearing kind of like what I'm wearing now, like a tank, 
white dress that was like cotton all the way to the ground. And I had, I lived in a big white tent and it was also where people would come for me to heal them. So um, if you think like Dr. Quinn medicine woman, it was kind of like that. I had all these shells with tinctures and herbs and different medicines that I had created. And so people would come to me and I would give them this medicine that I created. And that was really cool because I've always resonated with the idea of being a medicine woman and everything I've done over the last few years. And so seeing that was beautiful. But then I also saw my husband get shot in the middle of the town square right next to the water well. And I ran to him and he was on the ground and he bled out and I couldn't save him. And it was in that moment when I realized that's why I always go after men who need to be saved in this life. And I'm constantly finding people that I can't actually fix or save. And so it's attracting this energy back in because I'm hoping that I can find that man that I can save. And I also had a child in that, that experience who I realized in this life was one of my ex-boyfriends, which was so interesting because I was such a mom to him. And so he had been my child in the past. And luckily I didn't realize this until we were almost broken up because that would have been very weird. But I realized that I had brought that energy in and was still trying to mother him in this life. Um, yeah, so that was, that was probably the biggest revelation about my past. It kept going back to this scenario. I kept seeing myself there and I realized I just resonate very much with the village mentality of like women coming together and that I am a medicine woman and I am a healer and that is a part of my work and what I do. Yeah, that is so amazing. And another thing that you said before that I really resonate with is kind of peeling back the layers of like, what is my core? What is my truth right now? And I think with this whole pandemic and everything, it's like when you can get to the point of, you know, I have no control over anything and, you know, I just in my core, I know it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And it's like, deleting the layers of humanness until you're just sitting there and you're like, no matter what, we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really powerful and has definitely been a really powerful practice for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think most people understand you can let go of the humanness. It's not that you're erasing the fact that you're having this human experience, but letting go of the voice and the ego that tells you whatever your voice tells you. Mine tells me like you're disgusting, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, which is that ego, that voice that doesn't serve you and is part of the human experience, which is why we're here. Like our souls are meant to have a, a human experience as part of this gift and that's part of the transformation of energy and, and growth. And the more you surrender and let go and understand the difference between the voice and your own higher self, your own intuition, that's when you can truly step into your truth and your power. But until you have the awareness that that is a separate entity from you, that it's not actually yours, we get caught in this loop and this spiral. I, I had it happen last night, actually. I was having such bad anxiety last night. And I, I mean, my mind just went there. Like, it took something and it ran so far with it. I couldn't even, I was trying to explain it to Connor and it wasn't even making sense because I couldn't even keep up with it. It had gone so far already. 
And he just, he was like giggling at me. He's like, baby, come here. It's, it's fine. Like, uh, it's fine. Just turn your brain off. <laughs> it's okay. Like everything's okay. And I, I ended up, I came down, I tried to go to sleep. I couldn't, my anxiety was so bad. I came back upstairs. I was like, I just need you to hold me. I don't know what's going on. And he ended up coming down to bed with me and just holding me until I calmed down. And we kind of talked through some different things, but I let the voice take over and spiral me. And I didn't even really know what was happening. I told him, I am anxious about my anxiety right now. I'm not even feeling anxious about a thing. I'm anxious about the actual anxiety itself and that I can't get myself out of this. And this is what I teach people how to do. This is what I talk about every day. Yet the voice is so loud. It gets so loud in my head. You're wrong. You're gross. You're a failure. You're not good enough. What the fuck's wrong with you? Over and over and over and over until I don't even hear what's being said. It's just like blaring music that you don't understand. And that's how it feels. And so then my body and my nervous system goes into full panic mode. And that is the human experience. And it's going to happen. But knowing that, talking to him, expressing what's happening, telling him I don't have an answer, but this is just what I'm feeling, and allowing my soul to come back in my body and my nervous system to rest that is the ability of letting go of the noise. And it's a different process for everyone. And it's different for me every time. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but I just, it's like having this human experience is going to happen. And you can always come back to yourself, your truth, your knowing and your soul in your body and present in the moment and knowing this doesn't have to run you. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, I feel like sometimes too, it's, it's not actually about making it go away right away. It's about sitting in it and it could last, you know, not just that night, it could last days that you're having that unsettled feeling and it's being able to sit in that and then come out the other side of whatever that experience was for you. Um, Before I decided if I was going to take this job or not, I I was having nightmare. It was like a week of just nightmares and just like constant anxiety of if I don't take this job, then there's no more jobs anymore because of the pandemic. And if I don't do this, then I'm going to be unemployed. And then like it, the mind, like I'm going to be homeless, like whatever else was coming up. Um, yeah. And it, it was like that really for a week and nightmares and not sleeping and craziness. Um, but now coming out the other side, I feel so good about my decision. And I don't think I would have felt this good if I didn't sit in that for a week of, you know, all that anxiety, crying every day for a week, nightmares, craziness. Um, So yeah, I think sometimes you just have to sit in whatever's being shown to you. Yeah. And it's, um, I like to explain it so often as One, asking yourself better questions and two, getting to the why. And so I play this game all the time when stuff like this happens. I just start asking myself why. And it starts with, okay, why am I crying right now? All right. That's a good answer. But what's beneath that? Okay. Why is that happening? Okay. Why is that upsetting me? Where did that come from? Why did that trigger me? And the more I have practice this game of why, the faster I've gotten to the actual root of what's wrong. 
And almost every time it's the same thing of not feeling good enough and not feeling worthy. And I always encourage people, it's very painful to ask those questions, especially if you've never done it. I've been there. I remember when I first started and I did not want to see what was on the other side of those questions. And what it teaches you is that you are safe to go there and that you can have your own back and get curious and do some digging and get to your truth in a way that feels safe and empowering for you. And sitting in it is a part of the process. You're exactly right. Yeah, I think it's so important to to learn that you're safe to go there. I think for me, even now, there'll be times when I feel that like unsettledness and I don't want to just, you know, get on my mat and meditate. But once I do, everything's okay. I'm fine. And I usually get curious and get to the root of whatever is, you know, causing the problem. And I have that light bulb moment that shifts everything. So I think that's really important. And we live in a society that um, never wants to go there, wants to find any way to not go there, to not get curious. So I think it's a really big shift when you try and ask people to get curious. Yes. And I always say that, do you want to stay in the shithole, shitstorm that you're living in now? Which is how I felt. I felt like I was in a complete shitstorm that I couldn't escape. And I didn't take responsibility for anything. I was such a victim. Everything happened to me. I didn't want to see the truth. I just wanted to do what everyone else told me. And I was completely unfulfilled, not happy, and very, very sick. Or do you want to take that leap of faith? Do you want to step outside that box? See what's on the other side. See what else may be available to you. And still feel scared and sad and fear and all these things. And you get to have all the abundance and fulfillment and joy that you don't get in the shitstorm. Like that's just not available here. There's no way to have that here. It truly takes taking a step, being in action of choice for yourself in order to have all those things you want. Otherwise, you're just living in one big lie and you're not being honest with yourself and you're not taking responsibility for your life. And that's why so many of us are victims for so long. We don't take the step in getting on the mat, in sitting in the crying because it's scary and it's unknown. But guess what? On the other side of the unknown is everything you've ever wanted for yourself. Yeah, it's it's taking action or it's numbing for the rest of your life. You know, choose one. And I hope people choose action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I can remember a similar feeling and this kind of goes into my next question. Just kind of talking more about your evolution and kind of transformation process from, you know, Kelly on TV to Kelly now. And I can also remember being in that shit storm of, realizing that everything I'd ever been told and everything I was telling myself was a lie and just like crying on the floor and what do I do? Where do I go now? Who am I now? And it's a really scary place to be, but I'm so happy that I went there. My life has just radically changed since all of that happened. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Again, last night, 
I feel like we did a lot of processing in our house last night. <laughs> um, we were talking about this exact thing. I was telling Connor, you know, some fears I have around the way we, we operate in our relationship of bringing someone else in and we would identify it as like monogamish. So we're not open. We're not on our own. I've been with women by myself, but for the most part, it's always the two of us. He's never alone with someone. And it feels amazing. It feels very true for me. It feels very much not forced. It's easy. We have our communication down, our boundaries, what we desire. I mean, all these different things. It feels incredible. I feel such relief. And I still go into shame and I still feel like I'm doing something wrong and bad. And like our relationship is just totally fucked up. Like, how is this okay? Because I grew up Catholic. I, and he was laughing. He's like, how do you think people keep their lives, their sex lives good for so long? I'm like, I don't know. I thought everyone was just like trying different positions and having, you know, different kind of sex and like whatever. And he's like, I, I, I said, babe, I didn't know there was like this whole world of swingers and people who are monogamish or open relationships. I didn't know this was a thing until a year ago. I swear to God, until I met him, no clue. So I have this idea and this programming from a young age of what things are supposed to look like. And this has really asked a lot of me in terms of letting all that go. And even when, I mean, the first time that we had a threesome, whatever, two weeks ago, and it was amazing during, and then the next day I had so much anxiety. And I just sat with it. I didn't talk to him about it. I just really sat with it. I'm like, okay, what's coming up for me? What's wrong? And it was the voice. And the voice was telling me I was gross and that I was shameful and I was a disappointment and how dare you. Yet I'm so happy and so fulfilled and my vagina is just so stoked on life right now. (laughs) So it's such a duality of experience. I'm like, how can I be in a shame spiral believing all these things that are not mine to believe. I don't choose that life when I'm feeling all these amazing things over here. And so I believe that when it comes to letting go of the noise and the beliefs that are not yours, it is a really difficult process. But what helps me is identifying when things come up so that I know, is this mine or is it not? And that is what allows me to move through it faster. Because before I thought it was mine when it was coming up. And that's really scary. When you realize that it's not yours and you don't have to identify with it or take it on, like allow that energy into you then you can have a boundary for your own experience and beliefs that is yours. And someone is always going to judge you. Someone is always going to question you. And there's always going to be doubt. I I really believe that because we are people. And at the same time, you can live in your truth and your belief system and honor your body and know what that feels like and then be on a mission to recreate that in every part of your life. Definitely. And I, with the, the threesome thing, I resonate with that so hard because I, 
I felt the exact same way the next morning. And I have kind of noticed, I guess, a pattern with that and kind of questioning like, is this shame or is this really, this doesn't feel an alignment and right. And I've noticed in myself with that, there'll be like a day where um, I feel like hypersexual and reaching out to people and like wanting to do things. And then I'll be like, no, don't do that. And then get back into be, being really productive with work. And I think that experience has really brought up that I thought I dealt with a lot of sexual shame, but there is a lot more there to still work through that I haven't maybe thought about in a while. Because I think I've really struggled with feeling like I can be completely sexual empowered and also, you know, a career woman also like to have both of those things and to feel okay because I just went through really challenging sexual experiences before. You, no one ever said this to me and I feel very called to share this. You and every other woman listening to this and me can all be Susie Homemaker and take care of a house and be a CEO or work in an amazing job and be super sexual and have all the orgasms and share our desire and ask for what we want. We can have all of that. And it is going to ebb and flow and it's going to come in waves. And sometimes it's going to be tricky to navigate. Okay. I'm like the boss lady here. And then I'm, you know, submissive here or whatever your thing is. But that is where I was. I didn't know I could be different layers of myself. I thought I could only be this one that was presented in this way. And now that I have experienced this, I can tell you that it is truly possible. And what that has done for my life with Connor is that he, I mean, we, again, last night talked about how I am the woman he wants to marry and have babies with and build a life with and the woman that he gets to do really fun sexual stuff with. And that for me having threesomes or being more open sexually is what opened that up for me because I didn't know that was possible. And I had always found issues with past boyfriends in that we would always get to a point where they wanted to marry me and have babies with me. And so then our sex life went to shit and I didn't understand. And that's the Madonna horror complex. So anyone listening who doesn't know that I highly recommend looking into it because wow, it's just unbelievable and so prevalent but you can be both. It just takes a little bit of a dance and self-awareness into how you want to operate within your own life on your own single and within a relationship. And then it's okay to be slutty and want to get fucked in the ass and run a company like a boss lady. Yes. And right after all of that happened this weekend, I noticed myself being like, oh my God, they're not going to like take me seriously anymore. Like I need to like work on this project like right now because just because I, I did that, like no one's going to take me seriously anymore. And it's just such, it's just such a lie. No one cares what you're doing. <laughs> like 
what a great lesson I've learned. When I left television, I was the host for the Lakers and the Dodgers. I had lots of quote unquote fans in the sports world. I thought people were going to be so up in arms about it. People cared for two days and then no one gave a fuck. Like (laughs) new cute girl came in, took my job and everything was fine for them. They just wanted a hot girl to look at. Like they did not care. The people that cared are actually listening to my show now and have evolved with me. And it's been such a beautiful evolution. Aside from that, no one cares. And I was so scared about telling people I was bisexual or telling people about these things I was doing or evolving my brand or whatever it was. And I swear to you, one, I've gotten more of a loyal community and people cheering me on because I have been honest. And two, I've maybe received two messages like, wow, you've turned into a sexual deviant. I can't follow you anymore. I'm like, well, thank you and goodbye. No one else gives a shit because they're all in their own life experience. Everyone else is going through something, especially right now. And what I've learned at this time is if there's ever a time to just come out about anything or go for it or take a risk, it's right now. Right now. Because what do you have to lose? Yeah, that that has been exactly my mindset of quarantine, like full send everything. (laughs) Um, There's no time to play small. It's right now. Yeah. Do everything. Um, So yeah, I definitely need to work on kind of reprogramming that, that thought to be, to be at all. And I think that um, trying to be it all will always be something that is like on my mind. Um, but you don't have to look at it as I, I have to be, or I need to be. It's, you get to have all of these experiences. You get to have abundance and joy and pleasure, whatever that looks like for you. It's not, it's not something to accomplish or to obtain or to achieve. It is really a melting into the experience and what you let yourself feel. Because if you let yourself feel what you want to feel, that'll all just happen. I wasn't trying to be all these things. It has just naturally happened over time because I have stepped into feeling what I want to feel and allowing myself to be who I am and not creating pressure or expectations. And when I removed all that stuff, all of this emerged. Yeah, I think the the pressure, the pressure piece is huge to just for me I put so much pressure on how I have to show up or even with, you know, the personal development world, I always have to remind myself to take the the pressure away and I think this kind of connects to something too with perfectionism and kind of your journey with that and letting go of it. No one is perfect. It is not real. Control is an illusion and perfection is an illusion. Two of the most important things that I've learned over the last two years. I was a people pleaser and I wanted to make everything better in my house as a child. I wanted to be strong and successful and make everyone proud. And I mean, my family called me perfect Kelly as a child. I did no wrong. I was a straight A student with a full ride scholarship who didn't drink and didn't have sex until after high school. Like I went for it. I felt that that was my job and I didn't want to fail. 
And now I realize that no one is perfect. This experience is not about perfection. It's about the lessons and the beauty and the love along the way and what we allow ourselves to experience and feel. And that what I was doing was all rooted in control and wanting to be good enough. So again, playing the game of why. Why are we trying to be perfect? Because that helps us feel like we're in control, which makes us feel safe. Everyone wants to feel safe. And regardless of your experience, whether you were molested as a child, abandoned, your mom lost you in a grocery store, at some point you probably didn't feel safe. And so that has now manifested into control in different scenarios in your life. And that is why creating such a sense of safety and choosing yourself and advocating for yourself is so important as an adult because you're reparenting this need to control to find safety. And that for me has been so profound. I am a recovering perfectionist and control freak. And every time I find myself stepping back into that pattern, I take a step back, I take a deep breath, I become aware of what I'm doing. I ask myself what I need in that moment. And usually it's a hug or an acknowledgement and I'm able to take a breath. Yeah. What was um, breaking up with perfectionism like for you? I remember I, I'd had multiple people tell me that I needed to break up with perfectionism and I can remember it was like, um, like losing a friend. I just did not want to let it go. It made me feel safe and I, I held onto it as long as I could until I had the realization if I kept holding on to this, the rest of my life was going to be miserable. It was going to be suffering and I just couldn't live like this anymore. Yeah, I had a very similar experience. The way I describe it for myself is I had this vision of myself and I was in this like black, dark vortex. And if you can imagine your body falling in a vortex and there's nothing to hold on to and you are in the most fearful, scared state of anxiety and like holy shit, I have nothing to hold on to. And you're just grasping for anything. Please, God, save me. Please, 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 please help me. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And just falling and falling so fast and so hard, you're completely out of control. And it's terrifying. That's how I've been living my life up until 29, 30 years old. Falling all the time, constantly reaching for something to hold on to what that transitioned into and letting go of control and perfection was the vortex turned into lots of pretty colors and my body started to fall like a leaf outside slow and floating and i no longer had a desire to reach outside myself to hold on i enjoyed the floating i enjoyed falling into the experience into letting go And that is how it feels regularly for me. The moment I am in panic and I don't trust myself and I feel like, oh no, I didn't do this right. 
they're going to think I'm bad. I imagine that. And then I go, okay, let go of that and just float. And when I do that, it brings me back to the present moment. And it reminds me that I don't have to live in a state of anxiety and achievement that I can just be, and that's enough. And I can trust myself in that experience. Oh, it's so good. I just, I'm having like that visual, that visual and to myself when I was back in that experience. And I feel like the things I was grasping onto were the thoughts of if I have a plan, I'm safe. If I can just figure out my next move, if I can plan everything, it's all going to be okay. Because at that moment I was waiting tables and I had no plan moving forward. And I can just remember like so much spinning, like the voice getting louder and louder and louder and like faster. And then I can actually remember for me getting into um, an Epsom salt bath and I just heard this voice that was so calm and it just said, surrender. And from that moment on, it was like, oh, (laughs) that's all I need to do is surrender and trust. And it's, it's been life-changing. Um, I was definitely such a similar story, you know, straight-A student, um, you know, the good girl. My parents called me perfect. People I dated called me perfect. And just so much pressure on myself all the time. And no one can handle that type of pressure. And if anyone was to call me perfect now, I'd be like, ugh, <laughs> please don't call me that. Mm-hmm. The perfect person can't be the wild woman. They don't go together because the wild woman doesn't look to achieve perfection. She's not trying to obtain anything. She's in a state of being and choosing herself and her whole world revolves around pleasure and joy and play. And if you weren't taught that as a child, then of course we're going to try to attain this unrealistic thing. And setting yourself free, which is what your whole show is about, is about stepping out of people-pleasing and perfection and into the truth and wild nature of yourself. Yes, it's... I just think back to the girl that I was before and it, it just... You know, it just makes me so sad that she lived for so long based on the approval of other people. And I'm, I'm just so glad that I have found the freedom and have control of my life now. Do you have control of your life? <laughs> That's interesting that I said that. Mm-hmm. I, have, I feel like I have control of my life by not controlling my life if that makes sense. Maybe control is not the right word, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, yeah, maybe I don't have any control. (laughs) Maybe that is what actually makes me feel better. I think, I think what you're getting at is that you have a state of surrender and flow, which allows you to feel like you're in alignment which is really what we're all going after, but we mask it as control. Yeah, I feel like finally I'm living my life. 
I'm not living anyone else's life. I'm not trying to be anything or do anything. I'm just living based on day to day what feels right for me. And yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's funny because the next thing I wanted to ask you about was um, sexuality, which we can <laughs> talk about that again, but I think we've covered that a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've said what I want to say, but if you have other questions within that, I'm, you know, I'm an open book, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I guess pivoting from that and kind of ending on this, I'd love to kind of talk more about your relationship with Connor and how different that is from past relationships and um, how you guys kind of make sure to work on that and keep up with communication and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Connor is such an interesting fella. Let me tell you. Um, Connor and I actually, have, do you know the Pattern app? No. Oh my gosh, I'm going to change your life. You're going to be addicted. Okay, it's called the Pattern. You and everyone else listening, download that shit right now. It, it uses your birth chart and it tells you who you are. <laughs> it is the most accurate thing ever is disturbing. Um, but it's all based on like astrological birth chart, like kind of human designy. Um, I'm downloading it right now. <laughs> yes, you are. So I did it with Connor cause you can do like romantic relationships. You can also connect with your friends on there and see how you guys, um, align. But Connor and I are very similar. Yeah. I've never met someone so different from me. So it's very interesting. Connor is my perfect mirror because we have the same core wounds. Yet our lives have been very different. So when you have the same core wound as someone, you are going to be triggered like a motherfucker. We trigger each other so hard all the time. And it's not like, oh, you're annoying. It's like, oh, you're going to change my entire belief system. Because it's a gift that you get to see your own, your own wound within someone else and see how it's playing out, which then triggers you and allows you to work through your thing. So that's been very, very difficult. Um, but I also attribute the growth that I have experienced in the last year to our relationship. You can only do so much on your own. It really takes someone else to bring it out of you. I really believe that. And not in a codependent way, but in a, oh, we're in the same like vicinity from each other, whether we live together, spend a lot of time together, and you're showing me things that I was not able to see before on a regular basis. And you're allowing me to take responsibility for my life and my actions by showing them so clearly to me. So that has been one part of it. The other part is how different we are. So Connor is my free little bird who just doesn't want to plan and thinks he's good at his calendar and he is not. (laughs) Like wakes up the morning, I'm like, what are you doing today? I was like, I don't know. Like, how do you not know what you're doing today? Like, how is that possible? So his inability to use a calendar the way I do is showing me my controlling nature. And his desire to not have plans for weekends on end because he wants to just wake up on Saturday morning and say, I'm going to go for an eight mile hike today. 
makes me so uncomfortable. And Connor is just this free spirit who just blew into my life out of nowhere and rocked my world and has given me so much freedom and so much passion and so much self-awareness and play. That man has taught me how to play and talked me into getting a puppy, which just further instigated my desire to be fun and playful and be more patient and let go. And we have had some knockout fights. They have been brutal. Like he's looking for other apartments and I'm like, fuck you, get the fuck out of my house. Because in our dynamic, there is so much honesty and there's so much like passion And there's so much growth happening that it can get very overwhelming and it really pushes our buttons. And we are in such an amazing place right now because we're both letting each other be and we're able to see each other. We've been together for just over a year now and we moved to Denver started a company together, started a podcast together, bought a house together, got a puppy together and in quarantine together, like holy year. (laughs) Um, and we have really had to have such good communication, mostly because of the sexuality piece of things, um, for boundaries and desires and all of that. And we have just been really honest about what we do want, what we don't want, what we're not okay with. And We're not afraid to be honest and push the other person out of their comfort zone. He does it more in action. I do it more with words, but we do it a lot. And I'm so grateful for that. And I know he is too, because this is the healthiest, most dynamic, most fulfilling relationship either of us have ever had. And it's really hard and it's also so beautiful and I'm just so grateful. Yeah. I'm just like over here, just like gushing about your relationship. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, they're so cute. I just, I love it so much. And I I see so much um, in, I guess, Connor News relationship, like the play aspect and (laughs) kind of related, but actually on a dating app, I changed one of my things to say that I and a partner was asking for authenticity, a commitment to growth, and quality shenanigans because yes. eat all three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think we probably have a little bit similar personality types. I need someone that brings me into the funness, so I'm not just so serious all the time. Um, but yeah, I just I love hearing about you guys' relationship, and it's just super super inspiring do you resonate with the word like twin flame do you think he's um I've heard so much about that I don't know I mean yes I know like he's my person but do I know I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with him no like do I know that this is it no neither of us know that and that's that's where I've also learned is He's my person. I want to be with him. I desire him. I know he feels the same way. And we allow for so much growth and individuality and pursuit 
separately that I had to let go of the reins of ownership over him and that you're mine and I'm yours and this is our thing because I don't know I I don't know where I stand on this yet I'm still navigating a little bit but I don't I don't want to feel owned and I don't want to own him because then it sets expectations and then it feels like you can't be your own person and I think our relationship will grow and evolve and what that looks like, I'm not sure, but I had this idea of what it was supposed to look like and it doesn't look like that now. And so what I keep trying to do is just take a step back and release the reins of this is where it's going and this is the path it needs to look like. And so I think when you say twin flame, at least for me and for Connor, for sure, it puts pressure on this is how it's supposed to be rather than understanding that love and relationships and connection is fluid. And if you really open yourself up to what's available to you, I don't know that you would tie yourself into one experience. Not that I want to be with someone else, but I don't want to put pressure on myself and expectation the way I did for so much of my life. And I believe that Connor and I were together in a past life. I've seen that. And I believe that we came together right now because we were meant to do the work we're doing right now individually and collectively. And it was our time. I don't know if that's forever. But I do know that I do believe that we have soul connections in many different ways in our lives. And I know that he is one of those and what that becomes in five, 10, 20 years. I don't know, but I do know that he was meant to be in my life right now so that I could do this work and the same for him. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so, so beautiful. And I'm, I'm not really sure where I stand with that terminology for me. I feel like I lived my life with so many rules and labels that anything that puts any sort of label, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't resonate with that. Mm-hmm. But this has been so fun. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I know. I, I, I had, like this. <laughs> wish I had a glass of wine and we, we could just do girl talk all day. I've had girl, so much we'll do fun. it next time. I'll come back. We'll chat and we'll just go for it. Although I really feel like we, we already went for it. Yeah, we, we definitely <laughs> went for it already. <laughs> Oh my God. You have to call this show like dark secrets of quarantine <laughs> or quarantine secrets. Release it once everyone's back out so yeah. they can remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're amazing. You're so good at this. Oh, I love this so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>